0: Lendo rocohi aramai ki aramai et arama haya. I loro riala matiolo bossi araba e We magnify you Lord Jesus Christ. We worship you O God. Eta rebokoye liriamo se te le dia we yield ourselves as instruments to you, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Ki a retiamaha. Lendo riabayelo rianamaye kitaha. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah In the name of Jesus Let's stay right here a little bit longer Could we do
1: that? Could we get our spirit in tune with the spirit of the Lord right now?
0: Come on, not worrying about anybody around you Our thoughts fixed upon Him. Our spirit fixed upon Him. Hallelujah. Jesus, we worship You. Jesus, we worship You. Hallelujah. He lo rori ala mandeye ki aramaye lo rori ala mahaya. He tondorei aramaye ki tahaye. We exalt you, Lord. We exalt you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Iraba ye ki ye siya le kono ni araba we cast every care upon you this evening hallelujah anything that would distract us from what you desire to do anything that would cloud our thoughts from hearing your voice anything that would hinder our spirit from connecting with your spirit and what you want to do we cast it upon you tonight father we avail ourselves to you that your word and spirit could reach in our spirit, according to your desire. We cast all of our cares and concerns upon you, Father. We open our spirit unto you to your word and the ministry of your Spirit. In the, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the
1: name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you're old enough to pray tonight, I want you to stand and begin to pray with us. If you're old enough to pray, I want you to stand and be praying with us tonight. Or sit and be praying, but be praying, all right? In the name of Jesus. Parents, if you've got children here and they're old enough to pray, check on them. I want them praying with us tonight, as much as they know how. In the name of Jesus.
0: In the name of Jesus. Ikatarebokoshitahaye. Hila batelo lobo corriata kitana masito. kita nanamasi to. Rebechi lobo Ilo si arata hai arata. Iolo bositi li e e Ilo ria yamano ria la Idolosi and eleki arabaye lidie lotore bay. Idele ti ara mashi lomokori arabatelo bokoye. I lomondi e reki araboyeshi. Father, from the youngest to the oldest, we avail ourselves to you as we know how and by the enabling grace of God. We avail ourselves to You for what You will do in our lives, in our spirit this evening. By Your Word and by Your Spirit, from the youngest to the eldest, Lord, what You will impart, what You will do, what You will speak. We trust in You. We acknowledge our need of You. We receive of the ministry of Your grace. We receive of Your mercy tonight in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We love you and worship
1: you, O God. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the drawing of your spirit. Thank you, Father. You could be seated if you'd like to to have you in the house of the Lord. It's good to be here. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord is is really wanting to lead our services i hate to even say services i'd rather say he's really wanting to lead us we're so into pattern and routine that we want the lord to work but we want him to do it in the confines of our ideology of how he should and so for him to work as he wants to work, he has to change how we think and how we avail ourselves to him is one of those ways. And I share the bulk of responsibility because of my role in the congregation of of missing the mark too many times of just moving on. In a structure. We can't afford to do that. We really can't. We, we really need. The ministry and the operation of the spirit of God. The way he wants to minister and operate. Every time we come together. Every time. And so us coming together as we have tonight and availing ourselves as you have tonight. Thank you. Is important. Um, When we come into the house of God. As children of God. Coming in and availing ourselves to what he wants to do. Finding that vein of his spirit and entering into it for what he wants to do. And knowing what is our part. Parents with children. I'm not trying to put an undue burden on our children in any way or on you as parents. But please know that you do set precedence for your children on how they come into the house of God. Samuel was... It's estimated based on different things that he was approximately six years old when the Lord began to talk to him and he went to Eli with a word from God. You say, well, he was selectively chosen by God. Well, okay, yes. And so were you, and so were your children. But if I don't expect my children to walk and move in spiritual things until a certain age, guess what? They won't either. If my children believe that they have power in prayer when they're three and four and five years old. It will be because I have helped them believe in the power of prayer when they were that age a question for you. Is God more attuned to my prayer at 48 years old than he is to Samuel's prayer at six years old? Is he six? Next month, almost. At six years old, does God give preference to my voice over his? No, of course not. Now, there are definitely things that we learn in our walk with God and we go into in depths of prayer. But with your children, don't dismiss those things and leading them in that. God has graced us and blessed us with many children in this congregation. And I see anointing on so many of their lives Don't you sell them short as a parent. Amen. Don't sell them short as a parent. Believe in what God is doing with them and will continue to do with them. Amen. Matthew chapter 17. I'm glad you're here tonight. Remember the uh, those that are in Maryland, Elder Flowers, Brother Martin, our son Ethan. Also remember the Walker family there in Idaho. Brother TJ's grandfather passed away. And uh, that service is tomorrow. I know they'll appreciate you holding them up in prayer. Matthew 17 How many of you want to be used of God for his kingdom? I want you to think about that. Let me ask you this question. How many of you have ever been used before and didn't like being used? Felt like somebody used you. Raise your hand you ever felt like somebody used you and you didn't like it. Yeah. How many of you want God to use you? For his purpose and his kingdom. Can I tell you something? Sometimes he'll use you in a way you may not like. And if you're not careful. And if I'm not careful. I will resent him for it. Well, here we're going somewhere different than where I even thought, maybe. I don't know if Joseph ever resented God. Maybe I've often wondered if that's why he spent so many years in prison. I know it was the timing of the Lord with famine. We know that John the Baptist... When he sent his disciples to Jesus from prison, he said, Ask him if it's him or do we look for another? And Jesus said, You know, go tell John that the blind see, the lame walk, the dead are raised to life again, the poor have the gospel preached. And tell John, Blessed is he whosoever is not offended in me. What was he saying? He was saying, blessed is the man, John. John the Baptist, you're in prison now after declaring in the way of the Lord and the coming of the Messiah and preparing the way of the Lord. John, blessed is the man that's not offended in me and how I used him. You want God to use you? What do you think the biggest detriment or hindrance is to God using us? Huh? I, I I thought I heard somebody say something, but ourself, yeah, flesh, flesh, flesh. It's not Satan. Can Satan stop God from using us? No. It's flesh, and so. The Lord wants to use us. The Lord is using us. How many of you have have experiences, times, places in your life where you're like, Man, I know God used me. Remember those? You, you, You have those reference points in your life where you're like, Man, I know God used me. Remember how that felt in your spirit? Remember the energy spiritually? The charge of the Holy Ghost that... When you knew, man, I have been used of God as an instrument, as a vessel. God used me. He worked through my life. And what a privilege that was. And maybe if we're not careful, we've probably all been guilty of this. We've tried to recreate that or reproduce that. Maybe we reflected on that, man, the Lord used me. Okay, what did I do before that he did that? How did I pray? What prayer did I pray? Uh, what what was it that I did the day before? How our humanity thinks that way, right? Okay, how can I reproduce repeat what I did so God can use me that way again? The reality is God using us is based on being yielded to him, not what we did. We didn't produce it. The Lord wants to use us. And. I feel the drawing of his spirit. In a great way. Calling upon the church. To avail ourselves to being used of him. By him. For his purpose. The way he wants But we've already identified the biggest challenge to that. So let's read Matthew 17 and verse number 14. Thank you, Brother Jeremiah, for your faithfulness and service as an audio technician. And Brother Gabriel, for all the times you've been faithful in the same. I mean that. Thank you. Matthew 17 and verse 14. And when they were come to the multitude. Now, we just got to pause right there. It's important that we know where we are when we read this. They were come to the multitude. They speaks of Jesus Christ, Peter, James, and John. That's who they are, four men. All right? They, if we were to read the first 13 verses, we're not going to do that tonight we would understand that Jesus and these three disciples of his, Peter, James, and John, are coming. They were come. They are coming from the Mount of Transfiguration. The first 13 verses of this chapter, Peter, James, and John, and Jesus Christ were on the Mount, and it's where they saw this what we know as the Mount of Transfiguration. And they saw Jesus standing there and a light shining. And they saw Elias and Moses, the spirit of them, talking with him. And Peter exclaimed or proclaimed when they came out, it's good that this has happened. We should build three tabernacles. And then the voice of God boomed down from heaven and spoke to them and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased and When the voice sees, they saw no one except Jesus. Jesus said, don't tell anyone what you've seen until the Son of Man be lifted up. And so this is where, this is who they are, Jesus, Peter, James, and John. And that's where they are coming from. So a very powerful spiritual experience has just taken place. They're coming from this. So you you got that picture of, it's important, setting context. When they were come to the multitude, so there's a crowd, there came to him, that's Jesus, a certain man, kneeling down to him and saying, listen what he said when he knelt down. Lord, have mercy on my son. He's got a need. Have mercy on my son, he says. Why? For he is a lunatic and he is sore vexed for oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water verse 16 and i brought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him who did he bring him to the disciples The disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they could not cure him. Or. Release him from that which tormented him. Then Jesus answered. So he Jesus is answering. Not just the man. We know because of what he says. But he's speaking to the multitude, to his disciples. And listen what he says to them. Not to the lost heathen sinner, the multitude and his disciples. Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I... Suffer you. Those are pretty strong questions, aren't they? And that's a pretty. Pretty strong accusation or it's not an accusation, it's a clear declaration. He's speaking to his disciples, he said, you're faithless and perverse. Those are strong words. Was Jesus trying to hurt them? No. Was he trying to shame them? No. He was trying to arrest their attention and help them understand where they were so that he could take them to where he wanted them to be. He said, you're faithless and you're a perverse generation. How long shall I be with you? He knew his time with them was limited. Matter of fact, if you went back to those 13 verses before that we didn't read, when they're coming off the Mount of Transfiguration, on the way, he lets them know that he's going to be given up for death. And now he steps into this atmosphere and he hears this and it pangs in the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. God wrapped in the flesh is provoked by this statement this man makes. I brought him to your disciples and they cure, couldn't cure him. I had a need for my son. I brought my son to these that are followers of you, believers in you, and they couldn't bring the answer to him. And it provoked something in God, in the man Christ Jesus.
0: And the Spirit of God proclaimed, Faithless and perverse, How long shall I be with you? I hear the Lord Jesus saying, I want to get something into
1: your spirit Because I'm not always going to be here. And you're going to need to operate in this capacity that you've watched me operate in. But you can't always
0: be dependent on me to do it. I'm trying to get something into your understanding. That there's a faith in God that wants to operate through your life.
1: But how long am I going to be with you? And how long shall I suffer you? How long do I have to endure with you? Understand. He wasn't trying to hurt them. He wasn't trying to shame them. He was trying to arrest their attention to understand. I chose you. You have a calling on your life. And you've got to move beyond a place of simply going. Well Jesus is here. And so he'll do it. And we'll follow along. To understand. I'm drafting you into something. To where the father that speaks to me. And I do what the father says. And the father that operates in me. And does what he wants to do through me. That's what's got to begin happening in you your life the father speaks you hear and you speak the father does through you what he wants to do and I manifest myself to a need that's presented to you how long he said how long he wasn't beating them up he was beckoning them to understand they had a calling on their life hear me, we have a calling of God on our lives to be disciples that fulfill the will of God in the earth. So what's the barrier? Well, let's read further. And Jesus rebuked the devil. He departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Verse 19. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart. Notice this isn't with the multitude now. This is done. The multitude's moved on. There's some disciples remaining, and they come to Jesus apart, and they have a question for him, which I think is a fair question, and I commend them for not just Sticking their head in the sand and ignoring. But being willing to ask the question. Jesus. Why could not we. Cast him out. What kept us from being used. By the father. Or the father from work. What kept the father from working through us. So that what he did through you. You. We couldn't do. Does that make sense. Don't raise your hand. You ever had questions like that of the Lord? Lord, why didn't. How come. At least they were willing to ask that question after he called them faithless and perverse. Perverse. Now watch, Jesus answered them, right? Verse 20. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. It's important to understand that word there isn't belief like when he's talking about unbelief. He's not speaking about not having faith in God as far as I believe in there being a God. I believe he's the way of salvation. I believe but he's speaking specifically to their belief that God can and will do the work and he would and can and will work through them. Their belief that he is not only able but willing to do the work. It's a very broad belief. Watch what he says. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place and it shall remove and nothing that's a pretty strong word nothing shall be impossible unto you how be it how be it this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. The only way to truly address this unbelief, because that's what Jesus is speaking about now, He said you couldn't do it because of your unbelief. So what goes out by prayer and fasting? Unbelief. Unbelief goes out of us through prayer and fasting. Unbelief. What does prayer and fasting do? I know that was a long introduction. This is important. The Lord using us, we already identified the greatest barrier is our flesh. Our flesh. And our flesh can get in the way in all kinds of ways. My flesh can say, I want God to use me so that people look at me and say, wow, God really used him. And the Lord says, not a chance I'm using you. You're going to want some glory and credit for yourself. That's your flesh. I got no interest in using you. Our flesh can say, man, I want to pray and people be healed. And the Lord says, yeah, you do. But you don't want to do it for my kingdom. You want to do it so that people will think you're powerful. I got no interest in using you. That's your flesh. It's not belief in God. And so he searches out our motive through these things. And our flesh gets in the way. So what do we do? The answer is we have to get our flesh out of the way. Can we agree with that? we got to get our flesh out of the way so that belief can rule and reign in our life. That when a situation presents itself, that we can operate hearing from the Lord Jesus, re- repeating what He gives us to say, knowing when to speak and when not to speak, knowing when to engage, when not to engage, because I'm not operating in my flesh, I'm operating in the Spirit. And so the hindrance to you and I operating in the Spirit Is always the flesh. You say where Satan's hindering me. Not hindering the spirit of God. You may have to press through some of those things. But the flesh is what gets in my way. How many of you in the room want to be led by God's spirit? You want the spirit of God leading you. I think that's true of us. We want him to do that. And. We want there to be some really deeply complicated answer about why he can't. There's not some deeply complicated answer about why he can't. He can. Our flesh gets in the way. I'm saying our, not your. Our, mine and your. My flesh gets in my way. And so what do I have to do? If I... I'm wanting the Lord to use me the way he wants to. Everybody, we said at the beginning, we want the Lord to use us. And so we have to allow the Lord. His word, his spirit, his grace, his instruction. We have to allow him to lead us so that our flesh gets out of the way. What's one of the primary ways we do that? Through prayer and fasting. How many of you like fasting? Only Josiah. (laughs) Josiah, somehow I knew this. Right? We, We just love going without food, don't we? Right? We just love it. It's interesting to me the words that are used here prayer and fasting. The word, there's different types of fasts, of course. There are public fasts that are proclaimed. I, I say public fast. There are these group fasts that are proclaimed, right? We read about those in the book of Joel. There's one where the Lord, speaking through the prophet Joel, said, Proclaim ye a fast. That was. Declaring to the group, I'm calling everyone to a fast. Right? That's not the word that's used here. It's not that kind. The word fasting here speaks specifically in the Greek. It speaks specifically of a private fast. Something that... On my own in relationship with God. I'm going into a private place with Him. And I'm cutting some things off. So that my flesh is denied. And my spirit is increased by fellowship with His Spirit. Jesus said this kind, this unbelief. The only way it's going to go out is by prayer and fasting. What was He identifying? He was identifying the hindrance to you. Being able to do what I want to do through you is flesh. And so, the way to get the unbelief out, to get your flesh out of the way, is you've got to have some commitment in your life to prayer and fasting. Well, how often? Well, if I just created a list for you, that wouldn't be you listening to God. That'd be you following my instructions. I'll tell you this. Satan's never going to tell you to fast and wait on God and feel after his spirit. Now. I I don't know that we talk about fasting much. But I feel the Lord wanting to invite those who will to begin making that a place in your life and relationship with him. There's been times where I felt like I've wanted to say, you know, let's let's do this. Certain times every month and. That doesn't work. I mean, it, it can have a place when the Lord is directing it. But what the Lord is speaking about here again. Is a private call in mind and your relationship with him. Where I can say, how many of you believe you should pray every day? Talk to God, fellowship him. Yeah, yeah. How many believe you should be in the word every day? Seeking the Lord, letting His word speak to your life. Let, yeah. Now, don't raise your hand. You all, I think everybody raised their hand and said they believe it. Don't raise your hand here. Just think about this. How many of you do it? Action really speaks of belief. My level of belief is revealed by my actions. Right? And so the Lord is trying to draw us into this place so that we'll move beyond the barriers of our flesh. Our flesh will always make excuses for us. Our flesh will always give us reasons why today is not the best day. But tomorrow, anybody relate to that? You know what? I'm going to do this. If I can just get through today, tomorrow, Lord. And I promise you something's going to come up tomorrow. Man, if I can, and here's, I know how it works. I'm as human as you are. You know what? We get through the holidays, I'm making some changes. Come on now. No, I I just, you know what I'm saying when I say something like that? I, I really just need to feed my flesh for about another 60 days, Lord, and then let's talk about it. too plain the Lord's just wanting to use us he's wanting to use us and when I read these scriptures I heard the word of the Lord say faithless and perverse not in not in beating us up but saying there's places in your life that I'm wanting faith to be there's places in your life I'm wanting things to be implanted and imparted into your spirit the issue isn't something I'm wanting to do or your desire. The issue is your flesh. And so I want to bring you to a place where you start getting this flesh crucified and under subjection to my spirit so I can use you the way I intend to use you in this hour. I left work yesterday and I was in Olympia, so I stopped at Fred Meyer uh, to get a healthy dinner. I won't tell you what it was. You might not think it was healthy. And uh, I pulled in the parking lot, got out of my vehicle, and there's an office across the way, across the parking lot. I knew a young man that works there. I thought, I might go over there and see if he's there. Well, I no sooner turned and started to walk that direction, and I saw him. And uh, another uh, individual standing out sort of in a under a tree that was along the parking spots. And uh, I knew both of them. Uh, they both worked for the credit union. There was a credit union office that was there, and um, so I walked over, and I'd just seen him first. But as I got closer, I saw both of them. Well, I'd already said hey, and you know, sort of made them aware that I was him aware that I was walking up. Well, when I saw that there were two of them, and uh, I could tell they were talking, I'm like. And I'm sorry, I'm not, I don't want to interrupt the conversation. I apologize. I just saw I was coming. They're like, no, 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 you're not interrupting, Joel. Come on over, come on over, come on over. So, like, okay, okay. So I walked up. And so he immediately says to me, I, I can't remember if it was him or if it was her. Anyway, one of them said, we were actually just talking about Forgiveness. And I mean, immediately, there was like an open flow for the next 15 minutes. Now, I've had some Bible studies with this man, but never with this lady. I mean, I've interacted with her a time or two through the workplace, but never. There's never been any open door. There's never just never been there. Well, within 10 minutes the Lord is ministering to her. She's weeping, standing out there. And she's like, and I didn't feel anything when I pulled out. There was no, ooh, I felt the Holy Ghost pulling into the Fred Meyer parking lot. Woo! It wasn't any of that. Walking over there to them, there was nothing like, ooh, I'm feeling some divine appointment right There, there was none of that. Matter of fact, when I stood there until they spoke something about, they said something about forgiveness, I thought, well, that's neat. And I started to, it wasn't until about three or four seconds into talking that I'm like, man, there's a flow that's happening right here. I really want the Lord to do that all the time. With all of us. Wherever he wants. Whenever he wants. Using us. But my flesh. Gets in the way. My flesh gets in the way. I'm busy. I got other things to do. I got things I want to do. How do I get my flesh out of the way? Prayer and fasting prayer and fasting what is fasting fasting is pushing the plate away say not today but i'm hungry your flesh is hungry so is your spirit but my stomach's growling Your spirit's groaning. Which one are you going to feed? And So fasting is a choosing not to feed my flesh, but to feed my spirit. Fasting is not just food. I think it should be food, by the way. Very scriptural to push the plate away and fast food. All right, uh, And I'm pretty sure, just looking across this room, that there's not a one of you in this room that's at least double-digit in years that would die if you fasted a day. Now, parents, you have to work that stuff out with your kids. I'm not telling you to put them in a... The Lord to give you wisdom there. You understand. I don't think my, my parents ever put me on a fast when I was four or five years old that I remember. Every once in a while we fast in our house. I tell my wife we shouldn't feed our dog. I'm like, you know, in the Old Testament. When they fasted, their animals fasted. Her flesh gives into the dog every time. Now, use wisdom with your children. But you should teach your children what it is to fast. It won't hurt poor little Johnny if he goes for one meal. I don't know that we have any little children named Johnny. That's why I use that name. All right. Johnny, I see here, and I'm not picking on you. You're not little Johnny. You're grown-up Johnny. We need to teach our children that. And... We're just taking a minute here tonight. I'm, I'm going to look at some of you teenagers or close to teenagers. It ain't going to hurt you to miss a day without a meal. And guess what? It's actually going to bless you. And the Lord will use you because he wants to. Will it be painful? Yeah. If crucifying the flesh wasn't painful, we'd all do it. I mean, we need to do this. We need to look at things where we're feeding our flesh. Now, fasting food is one thing. I know we're just talking tonight. I hope you're receiving into your spirit these things. If we're wanting the Lord to use us and we're wanting unbelief to go out, we've got to determine where am I feeding my flesh That I've got to stop feeding it. If I'm addicted to entertainment. I'm feeding my flesh. That's not feeding my spirit. It's not feeding your spirit. And what it's doing. Is it's hindering the ability of God to work through your life. Because you're feeding your flesh. Through entertainment. Music. Video. Reading. How am I feeding my flesh? Social media. Feeding my flesh. Feeding my. Are are any of those things in and of themselves wrong? Well, not necessarily. Depends on the content. But we really do think about it for a moment. If we're honest with ourselves, how often do we just feed our flesh? All the time, right? Constantly, we're just sort of, what do I want now? What do I want now? What, you know what? Uh, double shot caramel macchiato. I just made that up on the spot. Sounds really good right now. You know what, Let's whip over the next Starbucks. Some of you are thinking, man, heart, that does sound good right now. I could use one of the. And anything wrong with that? I hope not. But I got to learn to tell my flesh. No. No. I. It was shared with someone by someone to me that. On on good account, some of, you know, brother Scott Shelton. He had shared that brother T.W. Barnes had told him and some of you know that name. Some of you don't was a great prophet that's gone on, had told brother Scott Shelton every day I tell my flesh no somewhere along the way. I find places to tell my flesh no every day. Usually, we feed our flesh every day and just keep feeding it, keep feeding it, keep feeding it. And every once in a while, we're like, you know, I really want to get closer to the Lord. So I think I'm probably due to crucify my flesh. It's been a while. But I need to get my flesh. Crucified. Prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. The Lord is wanting to use you. Why don't you stand with me tonight? Some of, the, um, some of the greatest things that we struggle with in our lives are simply a result of just consistently feeding our flesh. And over time, from constantly feeding our flesh, then the enemy takes avenue that way. And so then it goes from feeding the flesh to the spiritual influence that's beginning to have effect in our lives. Let me give you a real example of that. Music of this world. People start tuning into the music of this world. Well, no, I just like the way it sounds. So we give an ear to it. We give an ear to it. We give an ear to it. And then it goes further and further. Then we're listening to it, not just every once in a while, a song here, a song there. Then it's like for a while. And then it's not just a little while. Then it's constantly. We just need it on all the time. We need it. And we go from entertaining our flesh. To entertaining spirits unawares. And we've just opened ourselves up. And it started because we wouldn't tell our flesh no. And when the spirit tried to speak to us about it. Rather than us hear what the spirit of the Lord said about it. We're like it's just music. And that was our flesh. Saying I want my way. And denying the voice of the spirit of God. Continuing to give way to our flesh. It's just one example. The Lord's trying to help us because he wants to use us. He wants to use you. He wants to use me. Would you talk to him right there where you are about these things? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, 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 Father, we submit ourselves unto you. We submit ourselves unto you. We recognize your desire to use each and every one of us as we yield to you as instruments. Your plan and purpose to work through your body in the earth. I pray tonight, illuminate to us. As we seek your face and give ear to your voice, Father. Illuminate to us these areas where we can bring our flesh under subjection. Where we can crucify this flesh by the enabling power of God. We cannot do it in our own ability, Lord. We need the leading of your Spirit. We need your grace to enable us to do these things, Lord. I pray in and with your body do these things, Father. In and with your body, show us these things, I pray. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, illuminate to our spirit these areas where we've opened doors so that our flesh is fed and our spirit is starved. And let us, by the
0: grace of God and the mercy of God, bring correction and change there that we would be instruments used for your glory and your purpose.
1: In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I pray the mortifying of the deeds of our body by your spirit, Father, by your spirit, Father. In Jesus name. The scripture says that we, through the spirit, do mortify the deeds of the body. Spirit, we don't do that through our flesh. Right? We can say, okay, I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and this. I got this strong will. I'm going to do it all so that I'll be more spiritual. Doesn't quite work that way. I depend on the grace of God to work and operate in my life. And his spirit working mortifies the deeds of my body. How does it do it? Does his spirit come and arrest me and say, I'm going to take care of these deeds of your body? No. His spirit begins to deal with me in areas of my life. And as his spirit deals with me in that area, I acknowledge that it's his spirit dealing with me and I respond. And thereby his spirit begins to mortify the deeds of my body. It's his word. His spirit mortifies the deeds of my body. Now you and I can choose to ignore his spirit. And if I just want to please my flesh, I will. And so I realize tonight I'm talking to a group of people that are saying, The heart, I want to please the Lord. I want to be used of his spirit for his glory. And so he's showing us how to move that direction in the feeding of the spirit rather than the feeding of the flesh. And letting him do that in our lives. The Apostle Paul in one place spoke of making no provision for the flesh. Sometimes what we'll do is, I'm guilty of this. I've done this before. Fasted for a little while. And then, man, it was like pig out for the next Every opportunity I had, I was grabbing something and shoveling it in my mouth. I deserved it after my fast. That's an extreme example, but sometimes what we do is we'll, we'll set aside some time to the Lord. And then we'll go, you know what? I've set some time aside for the Lord. I deserve some time for my flesh now. I should I I deserve that is a lie from the pit of hell It's a lie from the pit of hell There's nothing in the word of God that says you really need to take time to just feed your flesh along the way too We need to eat I understand that But we need to guard our hearts so that we're not making provision for the flesh You're getting ready to watch that? Think about what you're feeding. You're getting ready to listen to that? Think about what you're feeding. The Lord's wanting to use us. Amen. Praise God. Are you thankful you've come tonight? Amen. I love you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.